Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's Wednesday, December 20th, and we're talking Padres baseball as we bring in Pods reporter for MLB.com, A.J. Casavell. A.J., thanks as always for taking some time with us. Uh, this time of year, you know a lot of students and colleges, universities taking their finals, but I was wondering if you could give me a midterm offseason grade for the Padres as it stands right now. No huge moves yet, but several minor moves and a trade involving Chase Headley and bringing in Brian Mitchell. So what's your midterm offseason grade so far for the Padres? So far, it's, it's pretty much an incomplete because some of the moves they've made are kind of preceding other moves that still need to be made. Based on the moves they've made so far, I'd say, I'd say maybe a, a solid B. But uh, a lot, like I said, a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's still to be determined. They traded for Chase Headley in part to acquire Brian Brian Mitchell uh, to to join their rotation. But what that sets up for is is they need to make another move in the infield to kind of clear room. Whether that means moving Headley or you have a Salarte or Carlos Suarez or Corey Spangenberg, that remains to be seen. But it's very much incomplete, and uh, they're, they've they've added a few pitchers, but they, there's still more work to do there. And so. Uh, some of the moves they've made have kind of set themselves up for a busier second half of the offseason than maybe the first half was. Well, before we get to maybe one of those big names that could be they could be setting up for, let's uh, look at a couple names they did bring in. Freddie Galvis acquired from the Phillies uh, in a trade. Figures to be the opening day shortstop. Uh, that offers some stability, right, at shortstop, where the Padres kind of have been in, in flux, it seems like, every year at that position, right? Yeah, you go back the last three years. I think 2015, they signed Clint Barmas. He was there for a year. 2016, they signed uh, Alexi Ramirez. He was there for a year. 2017, they signed Eric Ibar. He was there for a year. And all three of those guys were kind of toward the end of their career. What trading for Galvis does, even though he's a one-year guy too, what trading for him does is they get a guy who's still kind of in his prime. They get a guy who's a very, very good defender, who, which they haven't had in, in the last three seasons. And they have probably the most ground ball heavy rotation in baseball. And so – uh, Freddie Galvis will obviously help uh, some of those guys. AJ Proler joked that when uh, that when they acquired Galvis, that the Darren Balty, the pitching coach, was probably the happiest guy in the organization because it, it definitely meant some good things for his starting pitchers. Um, Galvis is still is still 28 and he's still a very good defender. He brings some things offensively. Good clubhouse guy. The Padres are optimistic, or or at least they're 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 still kind of sorting through the possibility of whether they they could. Uh, bring Freddie Galvis back after the season. Essentially, this is a one-year audition almost for the Padres to kind of see what he brings to the table, see what he brings to the clubhouse. 
and, and going forward, maybe next offseason, they look to bring him back in more of a utility role because they have some good young infield prospects coming up. But uh, they, they've made it very clear that this isn't necessarily a one-year stopgap like those options were in the past. Yeah, and as you said, definitely he shores things up defensively at shortstop, which is a huge thing. And another great defensive player that's still out there and just a great all-around player that's been talked about and linked to the Padres now all offseason, Eric Hosmer. That's a big name. Uh, would bring a lot of excitement there to San Diego in terms of the team. What's the latest on Hosmer? Could he be in a Padre uniform next year? Right now, it, it, it seems to be moving slow, and we know how Scott Boris kind of likes to test the waters, test the whole market, let it kind of develop. Uh, so I don't foresee anything coming in the, in the, in the immediate future. I know the Padres are they're still interested in him, and uh, I don't know what kind of financial commitment they'd be, willing to, they'd be willing to take part in, but obviously Eric Hosmer is probably, right now Will Myers, who's the current first baseman, has the largest contract in franchise history, six years, $83 million. Hosmer would probably exceed that. And Myers has obviously said he's happy, to, he's happy to move to the outfield. He's happy to play right or left field if the Padres acquire Hosmer. He's a big Eric Hosmer fan. And so, uh, so there's definitely room for him. There's definitely something of a fit in the sense that he's 28 and he would mesh with the Padres' plan going forward. The question is, uh, do they do they want to give that kind of financial commitment to a first baseman when they already have Will Myers and when that money could be could be spent elsewhere, not necessarily this offseason, but maybe entering the 2019 season when the Padres hope they start to kind of turn that corner as an organization. Right, and obviously, as you said, Hosmer would command uh, a lot of money there at first base as well and a little redundant in positioning. But where else could that money be spent in terms of starting pitching? I know you wrote about the need for uh, the team to go out and get more pitching, and that's not an easy thing to do. Every team wants to go out and get more starting pitching. But Mitchell was a nice addition coming over in the trade from the Yankees, a good young pitcher. But uh, what else is out there where they could shore up the staff? Well, he also brought back Jordan Lyles, and, and they, didn't, they didn't really get a long look at him last season, but he's, he's a guy who will enter the rotation as a candidate. Uh, I think the Mitchell, the, the Mitchell trade is kind of telling in terms of how the Padres feel about the starting pitching market. Some of the, some of the guys that they're looking, that they're interested in bringing back, I know Sh- Jolie Chassin was one of them who recently had a deal with uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Some of the guys, they, they kind of didn't match up financially. Um, and so what the Padres did with the Brian Mitchell trade was they essentially took on Chase Headley's salary, which was thir- one year, $13 million, and now they have four years of what they hope is a controllable starting pitcher in Mitchell. And so I don't think the Padres see a ton of matches right now on the starting pitching market, but they do acknowledge that they need one or two more guys. So does that mean, does that mean they go the trade route? Does that mean they look into free agency for potentially a, a bargain-type candidate like they did with Chasin and Trevor Cahill last year? Trevor Cahill, uh, obviously still out there too, and so it's, it's – it's a, it's a question mark that, we'll, that I'm sure we'll have answered soon. I wouldn't be surprised if A.J. Prello kind of swung another, an, another trade, maybe one of his, uh, his, his excess of infielders uh, for a controllable starting pitcher, maybe a project in the same way Brian Mitchell is, is something of a project, someone who can kind of project or who can, who can kind of take the next, uh, who the Padres hope can, can be a part of the organization for a few years uh, I, I like what the deal did in that sense and kind of how it sets them up going forward, the Brian Mitchell trade. Um, but I think another, another aspect of this, or, of this rotation search in the organization is they love their double-A rotation. And there's two or three guys who could make an impact later on this season. So you don't want to commit too far down the road with some of these free agent options. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of how the offseason plays out and then how the season plays out with some of the young guys. 
AJ, yeah, you just led me in perfectly there next with the next question transitioning into uh, – I was just reading MLB.com analyst Richard Justice. He wrote a couple days ago, I'm sure, I'm sure you saw it as well, about how the Padres – he kind of ranked five teams that were quietly making improvements in the offseason. He had the Padres listed as third. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was ranked, but it was five teams listed. The Padres mm-hmm. were one of them. And he talked about how it's not just the, the obvious moves, the trade, bring in Mitchell, but also within the organization, some of the younger players in the minor league system. Obviously, last year, Austin Hedges, Hunter Renfro get some time, so they, they get some time in the big leagues. But who else is out there that maybe Justice is alluding to that could be ready to maybe even help the team and come up at some point next year? Well, the first part of that, I think, is, is the fact that they have all these guys who have one year in the major leagues, and I, I think it's important to stress how valuable that is now they can kind of almost settle in and understand what it takes to win at the major league level. You mentioned Hedges, uh, Margot, Hunter Renfro, uh, Carlos Asuaje, Denelson Lamette on the mound. There's a lot of those guys. Coming up through the, through the system, uh, you've got a guy like Luis Urias, who's, who's kind of knocking on the door at second base. He, he, he doesn't really project as an opening day candidate, but he'll probably, I would guess, make his debut this season. Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop. They, they feel very confident in what they have in their infield, which is, which is the first time they could say that in a while, they, that, the, that the future of the Padres infield looks pretty bright and it looks pretty, pretty solidified, too, with, with Will Myers at first base, assuming he stays there. And so uh, in, the, in the rotation, I mentioned the double-A rotation, they, uh, they essentially have four of, their top, four of their top, I believe, 13 prospects kind of lurking at double-A. Like they're almost nearing a chance to be, to be in the major league rotation, and I wouldn't be surprised if if those four guys, Cal Quantrill, Joey Lucchese, Eric Lauer, and Jacob Nix, if those four guys get a big league spring training invite, they're not going to make the opening day roster, but it'll be their first chance to kind of face hitters, face major league hitters, see what they have, see what, the, see what their stuff, what, see what they need to work on, see how their stuff plays, and maybe build off of that for a debut later in the season. And, and the Padres, I think, really hope that, it's the, that these guys are kind of the foundation of the future of their pitching staff. They've, they've already seen their young hitters come up and kind of get acquainted with the major leagues. That was what 2017 was about. I think what 2018, particularly the second half, could be about is seeing these young pitchers come up and how they fare. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's, like, it's a layered effect. It's, you, you bring up some guys, you get them comfortable, then the next, the next level, and then the pitchers obviously sometimes take longer to really get comfortable and find their groove, but it seems like the, something, they got something good going there in San Diego right now with how they're doing it. Uh, just to wrap up right now, when you look, obviously, it's the holiday season, and Christmas gifts and all kinds of gifts uh, being exchanged. So if Padre fans get one more gift around this time of year going into January from their front office, is there any surprise-type move that could be out there? I've seen, obviously, the Marlins uh, making trades left and right. Could a guy like Christian Yelich even be available or, or to solidify the outfield even more? Is that really pushing it at this point? But what else could be out there to please the uh, Padre fans? Well, development of the young players, but that's a little too easy. I guess that, would, that wouldn't necessarily be a gift because that's kind of something that's already happening. The Christian <laughs> Yelich is someone they've checked in on, but I'm pretty sure about 25 teams have checked in on Christian Yelich. He's a heck of a, heck of a ball player. So uh, I'll go with Christian Yelich. I think Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer comes with some questions, comes with questions in, in terms of how well he lines up with, with the Padres' vision. Uh, I don't think there would be a Padres fan out there who would be upset with having Christian Yelich, who's, who's young and affordable and controllable and uh, – a great defender and and uh well we'll, we'll go with we'll go with him because he's a name that's kind of been out there in the news right now he's uh 
I think the Padres would have to give up a lot to get him, though, and I'm not sure if, he's ne- if they would necessarily match up on that. Absolutely. But uh, either way, it's an exciting time to be a Padre fan for sure with uh, the younger players really starting to develop. AJ, uh, happy holidays to you. Thanks always for joining us, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. AJ Castavell joining us. Thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.